Chapter thirty two of the Spanish Brothers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. Chapter thirty two The Valley of the Shadow of Death. And shall I fear the coward fear of standing all alone to testify of Zion's king and the glory of his throne? My father, O oh my father, I am poor and frail and weak. Let me not utter of my own, for idle words I speak. But give me grace to wrestle now and prompt my faltering tongue. And name thy name upon my soul, and so shall I be strong. Mrs. Stuart Menteith many a weary hour did carlos shorten by chanting the psalms and hymns of the church in low voice for himself at first he sang them loudly enough for his fellow prisoners to hear but the commands of benevidio which were accompanied even by threats of personal violence soon made him forbear not a few kindly deeds and words of comfort came to him through the ministrations of the poor servant maria gonzalez aided by the jailer's little daughter on the whole he was growing accustomed to his prison life it seemed as though it would last for ever as though every other kind of life lay far away from him in the dim distance there were slow and weary hours more than he could count there were bitter hours of passionate regret of dark foreboding of unutterable fear but there were also quiet hours burdened by no special pain or sorrow there were sometimes even happy hours when christ seemed very near and his consolations were not small with his prisoner it was one of the quiet hours when thoughts of the past not full of the anguish of vain yearning as they often were but calm and even pleasant were occupying his mind he had been singing the te deum for himself and thinking how sweetly the village choristers used to chant it at nuera not in the time of father thomas but in that of his predecessor a gentle old man with a special taste for music whom he and his brother then little children loved but used to tease he was so deeply engaged in feeling over again his poignant distress upon one particular occasion when juan had offended the aged priest that all his present sorrows were forgotten for the moment when he heard the large key grate harshly in the strong outer door of his cell benevidio entered bearing some articles of dress which he ordered the prisoner to put on immediately carlos obeyed in silence though not without surprise perhaps even a passing feeling of indignation for the very form and fashion of the garments he was thus obliged to assume a kind of jacket without sleeves and long loose trousers meant to the castilian noble keen insult and degradation take off your shoes said the alcade prisoners always come before their reverences with uncovered head and feet now follow me it was then the summons to stand before the judges a thrilling dread took possession of his soul heedless of the alcade's presence he threw himself for one brief moment on his knees then though his cheek was pale 
he could speak calmly i am ready he said he followed his conductor through several long and gloomy corridors at length he ventured to ask whither are you leading me Chiton, said benevidio placing his finger on his lips speech was not permitted there at last they drew near an open door the alcade quickened his pace entered first made a very low reverence then drew back and motioned carlos to go forward alone he did so and found himself in the presence of his judges the board or table of the inquisition he bowed though rather from the habit of courtesy than from any special respect to the tribunal and stood silent before anyone addressed him he had ample leisure for observation the room was large lofty and surrounded by pillars between which there were handsome hangings of gilt leather at one end the furthest from him stood a great crucifix larger than life around the long table on the estrada six or seven persons were seated of these one alone was covered he who sat nearest the door by which carlos had entered and facing the crucifix he knew that this was gonzales de munibraga and the thought that he had once pleaded earnestly for that man's life helped to give him boldness in his presence at munibraga's right hand sat a stern and stately man whom carlos though he had never seen him before knew from his dress and the position he occupied to be the prior of the dominican convent adjoining the triana one or two of the subordinate members of the board he had met occasionally in other days and he had then considered them very far his own inferiors both in education and in social position at length munibraga half turning motioned him to approach the table he did so and a person who sat at the opposite end and appeared by his dress to be a notary made him lay his hand on a missal and administered an oath to him it bound him to speak the truth and to keep everything secret which he might see or hear and he took it without hesitation a bench at the inquisitor's left hand was then pointed out to him and he was desired to be seated a member of the board who bore the title of the promoter fiscal conducted the examination after some merely formal questions he asked him whether he knew the cause of his present imprisonment carlos answered immediately i do this was not the course usually taken by prisoners of the holy office they commonly denied all knowledge of any offence that could have induced their reverences to order their arrest with a slight elevation of the eyebrows perhaps expressive of surprise his examiner continued gently enough are you then aware of having erred from the faith and by word or deed offended your own soul and the consciences of good christians speak boldly my son for to those who acknowledge their faults the holy office is full of tenderness and mercy i have not erred consciously from the true faith since i knew it here the dominican prior interposed you can ask for an advocate he said and as you are under twenty-five years of age you can also claim the assistance of a curator furthermore you can request a copy of the deposition against you in order to prepare your defence 
always supposing said munibraga himself that he formally denies the crime laid to his charge do you he asked turning to the prisoner we understand you to do so said the prior looking earnestly at carlos you plead not guilty carlos rose from his seat and advanced a step or two nearer to the table where sat the men who held his life in their hands addressing himself chiefly to the prior he said i know that by taking the course your reverence recommends to me as i believe out of kindness i may defer my fate for a little while i may beat the air fighting in the dark with witnesses whom you would refuse to name to me still more to confront with me or i may make you wring out the truth from me slowly drop by drop but what would that avail me neither for the truth nor yet for any falsehood i might be base enough to utter would you loose your hand from your prey i prefer that straight road which is ever the shortest way i stand before your reverences this day a professed lutheran despairing of mercy from man but full of confidence in the mercy of god a movement of surprise ran around the board at these daring words the prior turned away from the prisoner with a pained disconcerted look but only to meet a half triumphant half reproachful glance from his superior munibraga but munibraga was not displeased far from it it did not grieve him that the prisoner a mere youth was throwing himself into the fire that was his own concern he was saving their reverences a great deal of trouble thanks to his hardihood his folly or his despair a good piece of work was quickly and easily accomplished for it was the business of the inquisitors first to convict retractions were an after consideration thou art a bold heretic and fit for the fire he said we know how to deal with such and he placed his hand on the bell that was to signal the termination of the interview but the prior recovering from his astonishment once more interposed my lord and your reverence be pleased to allow me a few minutes in which i may set plainly before the prisoner both the wonted mercy and lenity of the holy office to the repentant and the fatal consequences of obstinacy munibraga acquiesced by a nod then leant back carelessly in his seat this was not a part of the proceedings in which he felt much interest no one could doubt the sincerity with which the prior warned carlos of the doom that awaited the impenitent heretic the horrors of the death of fire the deeper darker horror of the fire that never dies these were the theme of his discourse if not actually eloquent it had at least the earnestness of intense conviction but to the penitent he added and the hard face softened a little god is ever merciful and his church is merciful too carlos listened in silence his eyes bent on the ground but when the dominican concluded he looked up again glanced first at the great crucifix then fixed his eyes steadily on the prior's face i cannot deny my lord he said i am in your hands and you can do with me as you will but god is mightier than you enough said munibraga 
and he rang the handbell. After a very short delay, the alcade reappeared and led Carlos back to his cell. As soon as he was gone, Munibraga turned to the prior. My lord, he said, your wanted penetration is at fault for once. Is this the youth whom you assured us a few months of solitary confinement would render pliant as a reed and plastic as wax? Whereas we find him as bold a heretic as Losada or Darellano or that imp of darkness little Juliano. Nay, my lord, I do not despair of him. Far from it. He is much less firm than he seems. Give him time, with a due mixture of kindness and severity, and, I trust in our lord and St. Dominic, we will see him a hopeful penitent. I am of your mind, reverend father, said the promoter fiscal. It is probable he confessed only to avoid the question. Many of them fear it more than death. You are right, answered Munibraga quickly. The notary looked up from his papers. Please, your lordships, he said, I think it is the sangre azul that makes him so bold. He is Alvarez de Menaya. Keep to thy quiet and think, inkhorn man of law, interposed Munibraga angrily. Thy part is to write down what wiser men say, not to prate thyself. It was well known that the inquisitor, far from boasting the sangre azul himself, had not even what the Spaniards call good red blood flowing in his veins, hence his irritation at the notary's speech. There is often a great apparent similarity in the effects of quite opposite causes. That which results from a degree of weakness of character may sometimes wear the aspect of transcendent courage. A bolder man than Don Carlos Alvarez might, in his circumstances, have made a struggle for life. He might have fought over every point as it arose, have availed himself of every loophole for escape, have thrown upon his persecutors the onus of proving his crime. But such a course would not have been possible to Carlos. As a running leap is far more easy than a standing one, so to sensitive temperaments it is easier to rush forward to meet pain or danger than to stand still and fight it off knowing all the time that it must come at last he would have been astonished had he guessed the impression made upon his examiners to himself it seemed that he had confessed his lord in much weakness still he had confessed him and shut out as he was from all ordinary means of grace the act of confession became a kind of sacrament to him it was a token and an evidence of christ's presence with him and christ's power working in him he could say now in the day that i called upon thee thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul and from that hour he seemed to live in greater nearness to christ and more intimate communion with him than he had ever done before it was well that he had strong consolation for his need was great two other examinations followed after a short interval and in both of these munibraga took a far more active part than he had done in the first the inquisitors were at that time extremely anxious to procure evidence upon which to condemn Fray Constantino, who up to this point had steadily resisted every effort they had made to induce him to criminate himself. 
they thought it probable that don carlos alvarez could assist them if he would especially since there had been found amongst his papers a highly laudatory letter of recommendation from the late canon magistral still his assurance was needed even more in other matters it is scarcely necessary to say that munibraga who forgot nothing had not forgotten the mysterious appointment made with him but never kept by a cousin of the prisoners who was now stated to be hopelessly insane what did that mean was the story true or were the family keeping back evidence which might compromise one or more of its remaining members but carlos was expected to resolve a yet graver question or at least one that touched him more nearly his own arrest had been decreed in consequence of two depositions against him first a member of losada's congregation had named him as one of the habitual attendants then a monk of san isodro had fatally compromised him under the torture the monk's testimony was clear and explicit and was afterwards confirmed by others but the first witness had deposed that two gentlemen of the name of menyaya had been wont to attend the conventicle who was the second hitherto the problem had baffled the inquisitors don manuel alvarez and his sons were noted for their orthodoxy and the only other menyaya known to them was the prisoner's brother but in his favour there was every presumption both from his character as a gallant officer in the army of the most catholic king and from the fact of his voluntary return to seville where instead of shunning he seemed to court observation by throwing himself continually in the inquisitor's way and soliciting audience of him still of course his guilt was possible but in the absence of anything suspicious in his conduct some clearer evidence than the vague deposition alluded to was absolutely necessary in order to warrant proceedings against him according to the inquisitorial laws what they styled full half proof of a crime must be obtained before ordering the arrest of the supposed criminal and the key to all these perplexities had now to be wrung from the unwilling hands of carlos this needed half proof could and must be furnished by him he must speak out said those stern pitiless men who held him in their hands but here he was stronger than they neither arts persuasions threats nor promises availed to unseal those pale silent lips would torture do it he was told plainly that unless he would answer every question put to him freely and distinctly he must undergo its worst horrors his heart throbbed wildly he grew sick and faint a dread far keener than the dread of death prompted one short sharp struggle against the inevitable he said it is against your own law to torture a confessed criminal for information concerning others for the law presumes that a man loves himself better than his neighbor and therefore that he who has informed against himself would more readily inform against other heretics if he knew them he was right his early studies had enabled him to quote correctly one of the rules laid down by the highest authority for the regulation of the inquisitorial proceedings but what mattered rules and canons to the members of a secret and irresponsible tribunal 
Munibraga covered his momentary embarrassment with a sneer. That rule was framed for delinquents of another sort, he said. You Lutheran heretics have the command, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, so deeply rooted in your hearts, that the very flesh must needs be torn from your bones ere you will inform against your brethren. I overrule your objection as frivolous. And then a sentence more dreaded than the terrible death sentence itself received the formal sanction of the board. Once more alone in his cell, Carlos flung himself on his knees, and pressing his burning brow against the cold, damp stone, cried aloud in his anguish, Let this cup, only this, pass from me. His was just the nature to which the thought of physical suffering is most appalling. Keenly sensitive in mind and body, he shrank in unspeakable dread from what stronger characters might brave or defy. His vivid imagination intensified every pang he felt or feared. His mind was like a room hung round with mirrors, in which every terrible thing reflected a hundred times, became a hundred terrors instead of one. What another would have endured once, he endured over and over again in agonized anticipation. At times the nervous horror grew absolutely insupportable fearfulness and trembling took hold upon him he felt ready to pray that god in his great mercy would take away his life and let the bearer of the dreaded summons find him beyond all their malice one thought haunted him like a demon whispering words of despair it had begun to haunt him from the hour when poor maria gonzalez told him she had seen his brother what if they dragged that loved name from his lips what if in his weakness he became juan's betrayer once it had been in his heart to betray him from selfish love perhaps in judgment for that sin he was now to betray him through sharp bodily anguish even if his will were kept firm all through which he scarcely dared to hope would not reason give way and wild words be wrung from his lips that would too surely ruin all he tried to think of his saviour's death and passion tried to pray for strength and patience to drink of his cup sometimes he prayed that prayer with strong crying and tears sometimes with cold mute lips too weary to cry any longer if he was heard and answered he knew it not then days of suspense wore on they were only less dreary than the nights when sleep fled from his eyes and horrible visions which yet he knew were less horrible than the truth rose in quick succession before his mind one evening seated on his bench in the twilight he fell into an uneasy slumber the dark dread that never left him mingling with the sunny gleam of old memories wove a vivid dream of nuera of that summer morning when the first great conflict of his life found an ending in the strong resolve juan brother i will never wrong thee so help me god the grating of the key in the door and the sudden flash of the lamp aroused him he started to his feet at the alcade's entrance this time no change of dress was prescribed him he knew his doom he cried but to no human ear from the very depths of his being the prayer arose father 
save sustain me i am thine end of chapter 32